we're getting a special mix between Warhammer 40k and Magic the Gathering. I'm Captain Dirk. And I'm Stev. And this is Super Arrogant Bros. You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com Welcome to Super Egg Bros, recorded on the final day of February in 2021. Thank God. Thank God. Actually, it feels like uh, just a moment ago that we were having these horrid, frigid, freezing temperatures. It was a week ago. Yes. Yes. Speaking of a week ago, I want to uh, give a special thanks to Maddox again for appearing on last week's episode. That was a lot of fun having him on there. Yeah. And... Too bad you were sick to uh, experience it with us. Oh man, I fell asleep. I like I went home after work. I got I, I got home six thirty. Yeah, I fell asleep at six thirty. I woke up two in the morning feeling just fine, but it's one of those I have to be at work in five hours, and I know for a fact if I don't go back to sleep right now, I'm gonna feel it. <laughs> It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. So that's what I did. That yeah. was basically what I uh what happened to me. I was going to tell I was going to say to myself, "Okay, well, I'm going to take like a 15-minute nap, figure out what's happening. And then uh, if it turns out that I feel better after the nap, ah, that just means I didn't go to sleep at a good time." No. No, it was it was 2 in the morning and like I'm lo- I'm reaching over to my phone and I said like saying to myself, "I feel really good uh, too." Mm, I don't think Papa Derek would appreciate it if I went over right now. I know that feeling. Oh. I, I exactly know that feeling, dude. Oh, God, it felt bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was not a fun time for me, but I'm back better than ever. Yep. All right, then. With that, let's go ahead and get things going here. Let's go ahead and get started from the uh, games of the week. Games of the week. With you taking your sick week off, what did you play? I played a lot of stuff actually. Now that I start thinking about it, well, okay, there are two. There, there are two games that popped up in my head: World of Warcraft and uh, Persona Five Strikers. Now let's let's do Strikers first because let's let's save the, in my opinion, the best one for last. I'm curious about that one. Okay, so Persona Five Strikers. It's basically, it's 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 a Persona game, but it's also a Dynasty Warriors game. And you know about Dynasty Warriors, you're going through, you're murdering things left, right, front, and center, okay. all that sort of stuff. It's fairly fun, but then it also gives it a Persona feeling to it. Now, it's not a full Persona game for those of you that have played it, and, uh, played it before. There's no confidence that you have to level up. There's no... Uh, extra stuff that you got to do. There's no mementos from Persona 5, which was basically your grinding thing if you didn't want to go deal with uh, story stuff at that moment. But the way the way Persona 5 Strikers works is that it's that Dynasty Warriors feeling that everyone loves. You know, you're smashing through all of these enemies. You're doing all this sort of stuff. But it has a Persona feeling to it. 
you still have your skills from your personas. Basically, think of them like your stands. Yeah. For those of yep. you that don't know what uh, persona is. Uh, think of personas like stands. You know, some stands are generally better than other ones, but, you know, you kind of get the idea. You realize you're 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 basically trying to use a big JoJo's Bizarre Adventure reference to describe Persona 5. That's basically what it is. And I, I, I think... Okay, call me crazy here, because I think that the um, Persona fans and the JoJo fans might have a lot of overlap here. Just a little bit. But here's 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 the big thing about Persona. Uh, Persona 5, you are the Phantom Thieves. You're out to change the people's hearts. I don't want to spoil what happens in Persona 5, because, again, it's a pretty good game. Please put it on Steam. I want to play Persona on my PC. Where it belongs. I don't understand why it's not on PC. Uh, well, the Persona, uh, Persona Four and Persona Four, Go- well, Persona Four Golden is on PC, and from what I've understood, it has overwhelmingly positive reviews. There are well, almost two hundred thousand, I think, right now, of just nothing but positive reviews. It's a good game. Does Sony have the exclusive rights to Persona Five? I think so. no. I don't. Um, I don't want to say anything because I don't really know what exactly is going on when it comes down to Atlas Games. Yeah, because uh, like. To me, the the game would actually be a very good fit if we were to uh, have it on the Switch. I think it. I think Persona Five is on the Switch. I can't be one hundred percent sure. But, anyways, back to back to Strikers. You have that Dynasty Warriors feeling, and then you also have your Persona feeling in there. Your Personas will be able to have skills that will be able to you know do things. Um, you're able to do breaks, technical hits, uh, certain people are weak to certain abilities and you have to use that to your advantage. Uh, it is, you have to think, is this fight going to be worth it in the end? Or am I going to have to run back all the way back because I'm not near a checkpoint, heal up then go at it again. Okay. It's one of those sorts of things. You can change out party members to say to yourself like, well, I want to keep going, but right now I don't have... Mm, what's it called? I don't have the stamina or I don't have the health to go back and forth and I don't want to use up any of my healing abilities in order to do this. So let's just go back, heal up. I'll see how much money I have, buy some in-game restoration items, uh, buy some uh, stamina restoration items, buy these... uh... Basically, it is what you think of when it comes down to an RPG. You want to make sure that you're stacked. You want to make sure that you're stacked on potions, and on uh, food and all that sort of stuff before you go in there and just realize that, oh, shit, I'm in the middle of a fight and I have no more restoration items. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to go lay down for a bit and just wait for this fight to be over now. I'm going to go hide in the corner. You guys do you guys do you things. I'm going to go and stand heroically in the corner where no one can see me. What's the next one? Next one is World of Warcraft, but it's not the one that you are thinking of right now. Those of you that oh, have yeah. been on Facebook will have probably seen this ad left, right, front, and center. It is World of Warcraft Ascension Classless Mods. Those of you that don't know how World of Warcraft works, I welcome the two of you in the world that don't know that. World of Warcraft, you have your classes and all that stuff. You have a warlock, you have your warriors, yada, 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 you get the idea. But what if you said to yourself, but I want to play... A holy warrior that do wields battle axes. I want to Deus Volt for Odin. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Here comes the Ascension mod. So far, there are three servers. You go into a server. Let's say that you're going um, Area 52 for one. You go into that server. You pick out your starting spells or skills or whatever you want to call them. And then the game tells you, go forth, young man, and become whatever you want. It works. It really fucking works. I have been addicted to this fucking game ever since I picked it up. They know how to do this. And the best thing about this, you don't have to mess with your main files in your World of Warcraft game. You are literally downloading another World of Warcraft instead of having to mess with World of Warcraft. That's what I that's what I realized when I tried it out too. Yeah. And it's it's so fucking cool. Because it has different challenge modes as well. Like let's say that you got you got to level 60 with your main guy and you're saying to yourself, "Cool. That's awesome. I am raid ready and all that sort of stuff. I have all my raid gear and blah blah blah, all that good jazz." But right now, I don't want to raid. I want to start a new character, but I want to do something different. Well, my friend, this is where the challenges come into play. Iron Man, Survivalist, uh, Endurance, I think, and uh, Nightmare, Bellforged. Five main ones. Let's go over the. Let's go over Iron Man first. Oh no, Wild Card. Six. I know how. Do math. Good, good lad. Good, good lad. lad. <laughs> so here, here's how this works. Let's go into wild card first. There are, and let me say this. It's fun. What if you are indecisive about your starting skills? Like, I don't know what I want for a starting ability. Well, my friend, wild card is going to be for you. For, just, for Before you even accept any quest, there is either going to be, I think, an orc or a dwarf. And they will look at you stoically and say, hey, you want to spice things up a little bit? Well, here we go. Wild card mode. Your starting abilities, they're random. Every ability that you will be getting from then on will be random. You get your talents. You get your talent points to spend on whatever talent tree that you want. Because again, this is a classless mod. You have an idea in mind. Go forth, young man, and do whatever the hell you want. But let's, uh, but let's say that you know you just want to go and go forth and roll up random traits, like get like the weirdest fucking compositions in existence. See what sticks. Yep. So here's here's how, here are my three main ones that I have right now. I have a. Uh, a sh- uh, like a spell blade, you know, in Oblivion where you can like cast illusion magics, go invisible, and then like cast spells and then stab people in the back. Yeah. I have that for a wild card champion. She can turn into a bear. I got that going for me at least. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, she does big damage. Big. Huge, even. Huge damage. Number two. My second one would have to be, uh, would have to just be straight up druid. He just stays in bear form, and just kicks people around. He has holy magic. I, I, I don't, I don't know why, but he's, he's got it. And then my third one, my orc. He can cast magic, and he can also call on God. 
I call this the cardinal bill. That's pretty. That's pretty based. That's <laughs> so a base basically. Orc. I owe, so basically, here's how I, here's how this works. I'm casting holy fire for my first big damage spell. It crits because why wouldn't it? And then when they're coming towards me, I just cast arcane missile until they fall down on the ground. I also have blink. Uh, so I have all of these like desperate prayers where I get down on my knees and pray to God that uh, to give me more health. Boom! There you go. That's wild card mode. Iron Man mode, you get one life. You cannot change what you get. You die to a random ass mob. Sorry. That's it? That's it. Oh my god. You fall down, die, that's it. You get ganked by some guy that's level 50. Uh, well, that's level 50, but I'll, I'll go into this. You die in PvP, that's it. You die anyway, that is it. And you cannot change what you built because you're in Iron Man mode. So let me let me add on to what you're talking about with with all this with Ascension. So this game is uh, it, it, so it's taking from the World of Warcraft base game. Yes, like this is the vanilla World of Warcraft, but with things mixed up with how it works with the classes. Mm -hmm. In other words, making it so that it's like Skyrim, where you get your character, you go out there. And as you level up, you build your character and, and what traits you want to use with it. Yes. Um, how, how popular is this getting so far? It's getting fairly popular. So right now in the Ascension, in the Ascension uh, World of Warcraft mod, uh, they, are, they have already implemented the Burning Crusade expansion. So you can level up to level 70. And just and they've also added in some extra stuff to make sure that the community, you know, actually stays as a community. Sure, it still has the uh, looking for group dungeon finders sort of sort of thing going for it. It also has instant um, instant queue for PvP. So for like Warsong Gulch, Alterac Valley, you get the idea. But on top of that, it also has guild PvP events or just general PvP events where you will have to fight other people in order to get these amazing rewards. Um, green gear is a lot more is a lot more frequent. If you start killing mobs, you'll you'll eventually get a green gear just out of the blue. Um, if you are if 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 you don't want to PVP, you don't have to PVP. It will mark you as not PVP. Okay. But if you want to PVP, you're fighting everyone, but at the same time, you get dungeon loot off of random mods you fight in the game. Okay. So a fucking crocodile will all of a sudden drop bloodthirsters or something like that. So now with this also being a World of Warcraft mod, it's a game where you actually don't have to have a World of Warcraft subscription no. to play this. No, not at all. And uh, there's been controversy over the years from Blizzard having these servers these mods shut down but ascension has been around for four years right mm -hmm. so it's, for and for some reason it's still up well and i think and i don't want to make any speculations about it so whatever i say this is just how i see it it's a donation basically the reason why a lot of these a lot of these private servers are starting to, you know, kind of die down is the fact that they start doing pay to win stuff. You'll notice, I think I talked about it before in uh in a lot of mobile games, they have a VIP service. The more money you spend, the better stuff that you get. Yep. 
it's the same thing for a lot of these private servers. So they start making fucking bang for their buck and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, they start growing a little bit too big for their shoes and they're starting to advertise in more mainstream areas to get more people into their game. And then all of a sudden Blizzard just kind of looks over and says, like, I'm going to nip that in the bud real quick. And there we go. Yeah, I I think if Blizzard is smart about this, they're going to look at what what is going on with Ascension and say, okay. Maybe here's an idea of what we can do next for World of Warcraft. There are, they, they, they've already kind of, I wouldn't say taken from Ascension because it's a completely different thing. When it comes sure. down to like Titan forging, war forging, um, in uh, Battle for Azeroth, you had a lot of these different traits that you could get for your blue items. But what sets it apart is that a lot of the spells that they have like a lot of the enchantments that they have in the game, whenever you start picking up random green items, what you, Oh, thank you, buddy. Yeah. We got a comment from, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but Healy says, uh, can't listen live, but love your stuff. Guys continue like this. It's thank you very much. Do. It is what we do. Thank you. But, uh, l- 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 let me get through the rest of the challenges real quick. So you have your kind of endurance or survivalist mode where in Iron Man mode, you can't group up with, uh, whatsoever. But with Survivalist, you can group up with other people. It's the same thing as Iron Man. You die. That's it. Boof. Sorry, son. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Already went over wild card mode. Iron Man mode. Survivalist. Uh, nightmare mode. Increases the damage by 300%. Flat. Across Ooh. every mod. You don't do that much damage either, which means it's going to be a fucking grind. Wow. And then Fellforge is for those that just want to start PvPing right then and there. Uh, you are given a bunch of these ability traits and talent traits or, or ability points, talent points. You are thrown out into the world and you are told, kill anyone that isn't you, especially the other people that are you as well. It's a free-for-all. And it's people love playing as Fellforge because it just drops them in. Yeah, it it and everyone just starts having fun, and everyone is like looking at this, and there's and I I always see a hell of a lot of people on. Yeah, especially when it comes down to Fellforged, you go into a Fellforged, you you go into the hub zone for the Fellforged, which are basically the lore behind it is that you are joining the Legion. Your character has joined the uh the Legion, and you will see God knows how many people just hanging about. Mm-hmm. And it has a very active player base. You will always get on there. You will always find people that want to play. And on top of that, they're willing to group up. They're willing to answer questions. You ever have a question about something, you will get about three or four whispers from the world chat saying, this is actually how it works. This is actually how it works. This is actually how it works. That's fantastic. And it's such um, a friendly is a word that exists in all communities everywhere. Uh, well, that sounds like it sounds like they understand that if if people are helped out within this mod and and continue to play the game because they're being helped out, then that's all the better for the mod's uh, lifespan, at least. Yeah, and everyone is just they're having fun. This is mm-hmm. exactly what you want in an MMO. You want a community that is really stitched together. People that are willing to help each other out. People that are willing to go into groups. People that are willing to just say, I don't want to play DPS. I want to play healer so that way 
Everyone else can get through their dungeons. Everyone else can get through their PvP quests. And I mean, this game literally has everything to really entice you to keep playing. Daily quests, normal quests, dungeon quests, uh, group quests, just everything that you can think of. And then, like, there's so many other things I want to get into, but at the same time, it's not the main topic. Right. I mean, it comes down to every gear has a chance of having special enchantments. Those enchantments have different grades, ranging from uncommon tier to legendary tier. Right now, on my uh, on my bear, every single time he does his swipe ability, he sets people on fire. On top of the fact that I have a that I have a dagger that sets people on fire even more, and if I had a mage spell, I'd set them on fire even more. <laughs> okay, for more damage. Yeah. And on my and on my fucking uh, Deus Volting fucking uh, Pope Catholic Cardinal, I don't know what he is. My orc, <laughs> on my orc, every single time he casts an ability, he gets more mana. On top of that, more mana, he deals more damage. The more damage I do, the more times that I, it is an unending cycle of bullshittery, and I just love it. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and name off a couple things here. Um, one being a game, the other being a book. Oh. So for the game, I, uh, I, I downloaded and installed a, the uh, Project Dolphin emulator, and that's the GameCube emulating system. And uh, I decided, in the world of, of Grand Theft Auto clones, there were a bunch that came out in the mid-2000s and early... Well, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Well, after Grand Theft Auto 3, people were like, hey, you know what? Uh, this is pretty successful. We got to get in on this. Mm-hmm. Enter Simpsons Hit and Run. Oh, Jesus. Which <laughs> I have more fun with that than I ever did for Grand Theft Auto. I as, as stupid and as simple as a game like Simpsons Hit and Run is, it, it is by no means uh, a perfect game. But as far as a license game goes, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. Like it, it had, le- it has legit funny moments to it. Like to the point, the point where like you, if you do enough damage to a car, you're just riding the fucking skeleton of the thing until you you find a new one to to work with. But you can get shit like uh, the surveillance van. You can get Mister Plow, and like one of the missions is to actually uh, destroy. Uh, Mr. Simmons' Simmons's car with Mr. Plow. It's <laughs> you know, it's it's great. It's it's a lot of fun. So is it worth the the amount of money that I spent uh, to get this game, uh, which is zero dollars? Absolutely. If if you can if you can install the uh, the emulator and uh, find the ROM for it, it's easy. It's just a Google search. Uh, it's it's worth the time. I I highly recommend playing that thing. And uh, for the next thing to mention here, there is a special series that I've been getting into ever since 2018, and this is very much thanks to Razorfist and his recommendations from his videos. There is a series that is, um, well, it's looked at as being ripped off by The Witcher, and that is uh, Elric of Melnibane. And the... uh, it can look a little bit overwhelming trying to get into the series and try to figure out like where do you start from because like some of the stuff is it's prequels 
and then there's sequels and it gets weird and bizarre. And if you're not really sure of what's going on from the storyline beforehand and you get into a book, it's going to be a little confusing. But Elric is is about the uh, emperor of Melnibene who casts himself out as a um, as an exile. And he has a sword called the Stormbringer, which is to um, take the souls of, of whomever he kills. However, this soul, uh, sorry, this sword, as hungry as it is, will feed off of any souls, including those that are close to Elric. So, like, it's it's a very tragic story that uh, you read into. However, the Elric series has a few books already. Uh, that are in the um, the Titan Comics series. So it's titan-comics.com, and you can get Elric the Ruby Throne, Elric Stormbringer, and finally, Elric the White Wolf. Now, I'm mentioning this because I, I just finished reading Stormbringer last night. I'm going to go through the White Wolf tonight. But the fourth book is supposed to be coming out in April, last I heard. So I'm going to be looking forward to that and i think i'll be talking about it as soon as the book is released and i get to have a chance to read it so with that like get into the series talk to me about it and and tell me what you like what you dislike about it because elric is is not is is not a typical hero he's an asshole he will he will sacrifice people for the sake of of what is close to him, and like in 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 God, I, I don't no, I don't want to store, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, like in the White Wolf, especially no, sorry, in Stormbringer, especially, you actually see him sacrifice somebody for the sake of somebody that he lo- that he loves dearly, and it's it's um a bit of a depressing story, it's a bit of a downer, but at the same time, there's so much magic and, and mystery into the entire world that, that is being built from the series magic. magic so with that let's go ahead and get into the gaming news gaming news so stev you sent me an article mm-hmm from PC Gamer, uh-huh. Dragon Age 4 will reportedly ditch live service features and be single player only. The success of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and failure of Anthem has led to a reassessment of EA's live game mandate. In other words, guys, don't worry. Fucking, uh, Single-player games are dead. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Remember when they said that? Remember when EA said that? Mm. What happened? Anthem happened. They had the... Oh, well, I don't know if if, if that's in the news, too, but at the same time, it's like... So, those of you that don't know about the Anthem and why we fucking, you know, laugh at it a lot... Uh, EA has attempted to uh, has attempted to revamp it. Uh, I think it's just called Anthem Rebirth, but they had to can it. Yep, because they couldn't get enough money to keep the development going. 
it is the bastard child of Bioware right now. Mm-hmm. Even uh, Sonic Dark Brotherhood, I think, is more successful than this. Oof. Um, yeah. Like, Anthem fucked up so hard. It failed so miserably that EA had to had to stick their own foot in their mouth and come to the conclusion that, okay, maybe we should be listening to what our consumers want. Okay. Finally. We'll, we'll make the next Dragon Age a single player. Bioware, please don't fuck this one up. No. <laughs> yeah, and then Bioware sternly says, no. I won't work on Dragon Age. <laughs> okay, well, it has to be single player now. Fine. <laughs> but I wanted it to, to be like uh, Dragon Age the Old Republic. I, I, I might have played that. Maybe. Okay, I would have been interested if that was so. I, I would have been if you if you took interest if you took Dragon Age and turned it into an MMO. Maybe, I'd probably look at it. I'd, I'd probably look in its direction. You would have my somewhat of an interest. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. All right. Was it your your gaming news? <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. So, uh, from the article in 2019, Electronic Arts committed itself to live service games, a term which generally refers to games structured around persistent online elements such as Destiny 2. In a June inter- sorry, in a June interview with Dame- Game Daily Biz, CEO Andrew Wilson said that games as service is going to be foundational to our industry. And during an October earnings call, Chief Financial Officer Blake Jorgensen said that EA was doubling down on live service. As a result, there was some concern from fans that EA was planning to turn Dragon Age 4 into a multiplayer-focused Anthem-style live game. I think you actually like tried to hold back a laugh there. Uh, oh, we know how well, how well that would have turned out. A new Bloomberg report says that it's it, that's not going to happen. However, as EA has apparently decided to remove all multiplayer components from Dragon Age 4 and make it an exclusively single-player experience. The decision was largely driven by two games, according to the report, which cites multiple sources familiar with the matter. One was a single-player action game, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. A success for EA, and the other was Anthem, the Destiny-like live game that was finally abandoned yesterday. <laughs> a spectacular bomb, at least compared to EA's high, to EA's high expectations. So, um, we, we don't know how heavily Dragon Age 4 would have gotten into multiplayer, but I think that they tried using Anthem as a precedent as to what was going to go on for their future games, and I am... S- okay, I don't want to say I'm happy that a game bombed, but I'm happy that Anthem bombed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that I'm happy that it died, what I am saying is that I'm, I'm really happy that someone put the pillow over the mouth. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say I'm happy that the bullet is in the head of Anthem, but I'm glad that somebody pulled the trigger. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
really know what exactly they thought was going to be happening. It's another like that we we've already well, had because Destiny of these. was a huge success. Destiny was a huge success, but they completely forgot why it was such a huge success. Well, let's see here. Well, it's free right now, except for the expansions. Yeah. Well, even when it wasn't free, like people still liked Destiny, mostly because. There's shit you can do in it. Mm-hmm. Like we, our our listener weirdo has been consistently playing Destiny every goddamn day, and he has gotten thousands of hours locked into this fucking game. Mm-hmm. Like the dude has been committed, but you're not gonna have people like that without the game being good at the very least. Mm-hmm. So it's. Like if if EA and and uh, Bioware want to have their own destiny, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Just just please do what you do well, and that's role playing games. Yeah. Although lately, that has been questionable. <laughs> I mean, you you Stev feeling like a battered housewife when it comes to Mass Effect. Um, I, for the Dragon Age fans, like Dragon Age Inquisition felt like, as Razorfist put it, Dragon Age the Apology, but at the same time, it also felt like single player MMORPG. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a love hate relationship that I have with this game. And it's, it's, I'm happy that they're remastering the original trilogy. I just really wish that they would say, okay, Dr- oh, oh, okay, Mass Effect Andromeda, we're gonna just, just put you, just, just give me that little trash can right there, just, there we go, yeah, it's in the trash now, and now we're gonna make another Mass Effect game, guys, let's just pretend Andromeda is in a different part of the galaxy, in fact, it is, it's in a different gal, let's not think about that game ever again. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Uh, we haven't had a Mass Effect game since three. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say yeah. Now I will say this: the multiplayer is a lot of fun. If you want to get into something like that, um, I wouldn't spend sixty bucks on it. I don't even think it's sixty bucks on Steam right oh, now. Oh no, I think it's about thirty bucks right now. So if you throw out about thirty bucks on Steam, pick it up. You have a lot of multiplayer rewards, and I would play the multiplayer because I I don't know why, but the multiplayer is a hell of a lot of fun. You'll always find people that want to play. Yeah, <laughs> but at the, it's just I'm happy that they're remastering the original trilogy, but at the same time, I kind of wish that we had a new Mass Effect game. Yeah, because we haven't had one since 2012. Yeah. I'm very salty about Andromeda. <laughs> I don't blame you. I I don't uh, blame you. But it's just, I I hope, I really hope that, you know, the trilogy does well, so that way, that way EA can say that, hey, people really still like Mass Effect games, but good mass effect games i would like that a lot yeah but i don't know why it just i god i i i i just really hope that they make a new mass effect game soon same because i i need something to scratch the itch i don't know make it about shepherd's clone fuck if i know (laughs) 
<laughs> that that was a thing in in Citadel, and it's considered one of its best. Uh, that massive uh, in the Mass Effect trilogy, trilogy. Uh, Citadel is considered to be one of the finest ones. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, yeah, it was fan servicey, but at the same time, it had more story. It had a more engaging story. Sure, again, the fan service was there, but at the same time, hey, I'm having fun with it. All right, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the topic of the week. Topic of the week. Now, before we get started here, we do want to plug a couple things. Uh, we are on madcastmedia.com. Check us out there. We've, we've got uh, the show Super Egg Bros on YouTube. We've got it on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio even. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different routes that people can use to listen to the show. And you can listen to it live through twitch.tv slash Bros. As of this recording, we we're actually doing this live through Twitch at the very moment. Um, I, I am considering, though, maybe trying to stream on YouTube instead to see how it goes with the viewership. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Uh, but either way, though, you can you can actually like watch us doing the stream every time we record. Um, it's 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 every episode at uh, nine o'clock p.m. Central on Sunday nights. So uh, to get in to get in touch with uh, the schedule and when we're going to be doing the recordings as they happen. Uh, follow us on facebook.com slash arrogant media. Every time we do the episodes, we do uh, make an announcement beforehand. So that way we can get butts in seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the the next thing I want to talk about here is if you want to financially support arrogant media and super arrogant bros, you can do so through patreon.com slash arrogant media. And f- from that, you can join the arrogant media military complex. If you want to be an org war chief, you can definitely do so by uh, by joining the patreon and uh we actually have someone that is uh doing that that is olivia who is uh the only orc war chief we currently have thank you olivia yeah yep and uh if uh, she has any kind of uh, special announcements or things that she wants plugged on the show she can definitely do so that is a perk of being an orc war chief you've got a video for us a jingle a song uh, something you want to promote let us know, and as long as it goes within the Twitch terms of service, and as long as it's not going to get us into any weird controversies, perfect. Mm-hmm. Orange Monkey Five says, uh, "Just let us know when you go to YouTube." Oh, yep, we will. That we will. Uh, once we start to like, as soon as we decide to try uh, a stream on YouTube, it's going to be posted on the Arrogant Media uh, Facebook um, group group. Well, Facebook link at least page. Yeah. Yeah. On to the topic, though. Yeah. So I, I told you how there is uh, an announcement from Wizards of the Coast and from Games Workshop that we're getting new commander decks. And this is going to be merging with Warhammer 40K. So in other words, there will be existing Warhammer 40K Magic the Gathering cards. I'm not excited. Yeah. I'm not excited whatsoever. Now, I'm going to go over this. Now, 
kind of get let, let me give a little bit of background why I'm never excited when anything comes out of Magic the Gathering nowadays, especially when they start doing collabs and all that stuff. Don't get me wrong, the Godzilla cards, they looked amazing. They looked good. They looked cool. I wish I picked some up. Yeah, but again, they were exceedingly rare to grab. Yep. I think they were mythic rare, which means that I think you need like 50 packs or so to pull maybe one of them. That's not money I want to I want to hash out just for right. a piece of cardboard. Um, but the reason I am not I'm not excited for this is the same reason why I really don't want to associate with the Magic crowd. A lot of them are not the greatest to be around. Let's just put it at that. Let's, yeah, why don't we talk about our experience that we've had with the Magic the Gathering crowd. It, before we do that, though, can I can I just give a disclaimer here? I love Magic the Gathering. I have not played Magic the Gathering in quite some time, mostly because I don't really have anybody to play the game with. Yeah. Plus, I don't really get to do things like Friday Night Magic or Draft. Mm-hmm. So, it's... I'm not going to shit on the game itself. I'm not going to shit on like the entirety of the magic, the gathering community, but I will say that there are, there are people within the hobby that maybe need to be told, stop it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a while since I played it. I, I think I still have my dresser, a, uh, an angel's deck that I've been building for the longest time. I have, all four of the main angels, Avison included, both iterations of her, even the, you know, yes, the bad, no, sorry, all three iterations of her, I guess. Um, in, yes, in, including the bad one, the one that came out in MG, I think it was MG 13, MG 14, something something around that. It, in any event, there's a bad Avison out there. We don't, we don't play her, we don't like talking about her, but she's out there. I have... You know, Gisela, she was my first Mythic Rare I ever got when playing the game. So, of course, that immediately meant that I was forced into playing uh, White-Red. My Soldier's deck, I went into uh, Ravnica. My first pull out of that was, of course, my uh, the the illustrious guild leader of, of uh, Boros. I don't remember her name. Please don't ask me. <laughs> but it's just... I for the longest time that was my thing. That was my hobby. It wasn't 40k. It wasn't uh, it wasn't Warhammer Fantasy or Age of Sigmar. It was Magic: The Gathering, and I played that for God knows how long. And I sunk money into it for God knows how long. But at the same time, it's just I started noticing that there were certain people in the Magic: The Gathering crowd I would rather not hang out with outside of having to hang out with them during draft night. And and you and I would be playing this game at the college that we went to, mm-hmm. and uh, there were people there that existed. There were people there that I associated with in my younger years, and I would like to formally apologize for that. One of my favorite stories from you comes from this group. Oh yeah, but <laughs> we've we've had bad experiences when it comes down to the Magic together. Right? Yeah. At the same time, I have had good experiences too. It's, it's, it's sort of like how the Super Smash Bros. community gets a bad rep. Yeah, mostly because, um, like it's like it's got a lot of people that like are are notorious for for like having bad bo, and 
I, I don't know how to delicately put this. It's just, I, I, okay, when I meet cool Magic the Gathering crowds, they're cool as shit. Yeah. When I meet the people that I would not want to associate with, it's enough to make me like, okay, maybe I don't want to go there to play. Yeah. So, okay, I, let's let's just go ahead and, and, and use the college we went to as an example here. Yeah. Now, I, I remember all the way back when when this this whole group started this this whole group started all the way back in i want to say about 2010 and um i had some some friends there they were like hey we we want to play some magic the gathering we could just do it in the cafeteria and um you know it was it was a a small thing of like four people maybe but then it started to grow and as anything that starts to grow in numbers it can attract the people that you would not want to associate with when I get called a gatekeeper a lot. Yeah. And this, this most often happens in Satanism, but gatekeeping can happen to any fandom. And, and it's almost as if people were gatekeeping through bad behavior of sexual harassment for one. Oh God. Uh, Yeah. Or, or, or just making it, making an ass of themselves in the group. So it's like we, we had a serial toucher, like this, this guy who just wouldn't stop groping women in, in the group. And then other people would just, would be defending him by saying he doesn't mean it. He doesn't mean, and then he's just, it's just Jim being Jim. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to give the last name, but it's like. It's just the way to describe what happened. But then if I go to, let's say, first turn games uh, in Cedar Rapids, usually when I go there and, and play, I actually have a good time because um, the way that it is moderated, the way that um, the people ca- uh, you know keep themselves, it's, it's actually something that is pretty enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got to pick and choose and, and be selective on like where you're going to play the game. Because like not ever, not just anywhere you go was going to be a good time for Magic. Yeah, and it's I'm 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 going to kind of name off the sort of uh, the sort of the stuff that I went through when it came down to the Magic crowd. I've had people rage quit in the middle of games because yeah. they just could not deal with the fact that I had a deck that could not be beaten at the time. I was really into werewolves, and I told everyone I'm going to build I'm going to build theme decks. For every one of my decks. So I have a vampire deck. I had a werewolf deck. I was building a ghost deck. I was building a human's deck. I was building all these sorts of decks. And basically for on the dirt cheap. Well, one day I decided that I wanted to start playing, you know, my werewolf deck. And this one kid was super excited because he just, he spent all of daddy's money, I guess. These were expensive cards. These were big ass cards. They were kicking ass, taking name sorts of cards. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I spent, I don't know how many packs on this. And he's like, okay, well, I mean, let, let's see if it's good or not. So I played out. I played my werewolf deck, and in about five turns, I could see him getting upset. And he goes in for this super massive, everyone is attacking, I can't block with any of my characters, yada, 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 you get the idea. Well, there's a card for one green mana. You play it, 
All combat damage is prevented. And transforms all my werewolf cards. So now I have about six. Yeah, it was it was about six werewolf tokens. I think the highest attack creature that I had was a 12-12. The rest of them, about like 10 of them, were all about 4-4, four, 5-5 four, five, five or something like that. And I'm like, okay, well, you, you have no open mana. You have no defending cards. I'm just going to swing. And he was a grumbly son of a bitch. I was like, well, if I... If I would have played this piece of shit deck, I could have won too. It's just like I, you didn't, and you played against it, and I don't know what you are trying to say. So he he got all sour grapes because he blew a lot of money in these cards, and he didn't really build something that was able to be up to snuff to what you did. Yeah, and he got real pissed off, and I'm like, okay, I don't I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know what you want me to do. What I and it's it's it was it was just a bad thing. Yeah, and and I've I've had these experiences so many times. I can tell you about each one of them. I can tell you about an EDH thing where I literally said, "I'm just gonna play just whatever feels good. I'm just gonna throw at you." Same guy that we were talking about got pissed off and rage quit the game and just said, "I'm just gonna leave." Like, I don't want to play against you anymore. Like, I, I don't know why you're angry. I'm literally just pointing at people and saying I'm attacking everything with you. And that that's it. No one stops me. No one cares. It's just a game. Calm it down. EA Sports. It's only game. <laughs> it's in the game. Yeah. And okay. <laughs> it, it, it's just... it's. So let's, let's talk about the contrast here between Magic the Gathering and Warhammer 40k. In Warhammer 40k, okay, no, let me start with Magic. In Magic the Gathering, the big problem that I have with it is you have people that are trying to play casually, but you also have people that are trying to do uh, power builds Mm -hmm. with their decks. And they turn what what should be a fun hobby into a big pissing match. Yes. Uh, all based off of like um like how much money can you drop on a deck. And so like what sucks for me is like I will I will put thought into a deck that I'm building and then I'll take it out on Friday Night Magic and try it out and this deck that I built with thought behind it is losing to a guy who openly says, "I don't even know what I'm doing. I just put this I just slapped it together." I was like Fuck! What am I? What am I even doing? God, like, I, I, I'm putting the deck down. Yeah, <laughs> it's already like, on the table. I'm putting it down. I'm picking it up and putting it down. Yeah. So what I prefer to do with magic is, like, if a if a, a set comes out, I like to get a a booster box or a fat pack, and um, take apart the packaging and see what I can build from the cards that I get. Mm-hmm. Like to me, like that's actually what makes it fun like seeing what I could build based off of what I have and making the most out of that. But for a lot of other people, they, they want to do the power building. And so they're going to go to these magic, the gathering deck building websites. There's nothing wrong with any of this at all, though. Mm-mm. There's nothing wrong with it. If you want, if you want to see what other people are building and, and build your own decks using those guides, yep. go for it. But for me being able to play against those, like the high and mighty, decks it's like well i 
uh, if I can't even like scratch what you're doing and I'm and like I'm putting more thought into it than somebody that's just buying the same cards that he was told to buy that's not as fun of experience for me so what I prefer to do is take the decks that I build and just play it casually with other people like at a bar or at my house or you get the idea yeah and then you get the idea of like when we were playing it at the college that we were attending, it was supposed to be casual, but it was one big dick waving group. Yes, it really was. And it's just, that's going to be the same experience that I have with any sort of card group. And I would know more about the 40K stuff, so I'll go into the 40K stuff real quick. You will get the same people. Yeah. Like 100% of the time. You will get the, You will either get this guy... Like, you know, this guy who literally just looks, who who is reading the lore of of his army, and he just says, this sounds like a really awesome fucking idea. So I've seen Mad Max orcs. I've seen the small green tide. I have seen uh, the canonical build for the first company before it was eaten by Tyranids. I have seen all of this other stuff, and it's super fun and cool to see these to see these armies hit the field, and then everyone is just saying, "Well, let's let's play it out. Let's see if we can change history on Ultramar. Let's let's see if we can if 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 we can uh, make sure Cadius still stands, like for real, not for fake. And let's just see." what we can do with it and, and most of the people that I've played with are along those lines like they just build something because it looks fun or they think that it'll play good and they're they're knowledgeable of their armies they're knowledgeable of other people's armies to where it's like you can build whatever you want and they'll just perform magic with it like just straight magic and then there are the people I have played against and with that will turn it into a dick-waving contest. Those are the sorts of people that I am talking about in both groups. And now I'm going to start talking about why I'm not excited for the fact that they're going to be merging two different communities together. Yep. Yep. So let's go with the first one. Firstly, Magic the Gathering is notorious for immediately latching onto a controversy not letting go until Magic the Gath- until Wizards of the Coast does something about it. Or rather, Hasbro forces Wizards of the Coast to do something about uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. It's not a very fun experience. It's not a very fun thing for people that just want to play the game and instead now need to listen about how they're being bad because they play with certain cards and they didn't even think about that. Like, literally, they're, they're, they're redoing all of these old cards a lot of people didn't know that these existed. A lot of people didn't really, you know, care that these existed. They aren't exactly good cards. In fact, I think half the stuff are getting rid of are pretty bad. And on both sides of the table, it's the most obnoxious bullshit you will ever see. There are people that are just throwing their noses into into fucking Wizards of the Coast anus, saying that this is the greatest move that has ever been done by God himself. Then there's the ones that are smearing themselves with shit, saying that, I don't know why you're doing this, diversity is killing the game, yada, 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 you get the idea. Then there's the people in the middle that are just saying, can we have a card that doesn't do put card down, draw this thing? Like, like, (laughs) 
play card do thing. That is a meme in the in in, in the fucking Magic the Gathering. That's a good one. Community. Okay. Play card do thing. Can we just have something else? Like, I I I want to go back to the complexity. You you are taking away the complexity. I literally just play a card and a thing happens. Like. I understand that that's how it was for the last two sets, but at the same time, can we have other things that are happening? You know, some more risky moves instead of just play card, do thing, draw card, do thing. Like, give me something. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't mind most of the Magic crowd that go to my local game store. I don't mind them whatsoever. They're cool people. I like them. But then I get flashbacks to the people that chase after trends and try to look trendy. And I'm afraid that if they get, if they try to get into the 40K franchise, they'll realize that this is not a way that you can be trendy. So what I'm hoping is going to happen is that they're going to try to get into 40K, realize that there is a giant ass paywall in terms of lore, models, gameplay of any variety including the rpgs the video games and the tabletop itself including like all 50 genres of it i'm i'm god i don't know how many like actual spin-offs of each game is include for for both systems but it's just i think that's going to be the biggest way that people will not be able to get into 40k from magic because they're going to have to choose. Are they going to be buying a box of Space Marines or are they going to be buying the new set? And most of the time, they'll probably just go for the new set. I'm hoping that's what happens and people just kind of go, ah, well, whatever. I don't want to spend 60 bucks on plastic. What I'm afraid is going to happen will probably happen. When the new sets come out, they're going to try and get into 40K and they're going to say that, uh, fucking, I don't know, they're, they're going to ask about one card. Like, let's say ju- it's just a random Kriegsman. And they're immediately going to be told, like, okay, here's what the Kriegs do. Okay, in order for you to understand why Krieg is like that, you have to understand Horus Heresy. In order for you to understand the Horus Heresy, you have to understand the Great Crusade. Okay, while we're on the topic of the Great Crusade, let's talk about the Emperor. Okay, let's talk about his origins. Okay, let me talk about why they had to do that. Okay, let me talk about the... And not everyone is okay with, like, getting that dick deep into it. And that's unfortunately what you're going to have to do. Like, they say it's a meme, but goddamn, is it the biggest damn rabbit hole that God has ever created. And what I'm afraid is going to happen is that they're going to find one thing they don't like about the story, ham onto it, until they have enough people hamming onto it that Games Workshop is going to be like, ah, shit. They won't go away until we do something. And then they're going to have to do something and then they're going to alienate the rest of of the 40k crowd. It goes back to an old kind of a kind of an explanation of what happens. And then off in the distance in the very nations of of the European folk land Arch is is watching from his mountaintop going oh, I told you I told you but what, <laughs> there, there there there's a there, there's a uh, 
there's a good image that I found online that talks about saturation. I don't agree 100% with what is actually happening in it. I agree with maybe 50% of it. So, two guy, uh, four guys made their own little hobby with their own little rules, and they're playing it. A friend of one of your friends brings in, uh, is brought into the game, starts playing it. He likes it, so he starts talking to his other friends. They try to get into the game too. And soon you're going to have a good amount of people that like playing the game and all that sort of stuff. This is where the hobby becomes dangerous. Because then attention whores start getting into the game. Yeah. And attention whores, what they do is that they don't talk about the game. Instead, they talk about how nerdy they are for getting into the game. Trying to get people to pay attention to them. Well, what happens when attention whores start, you know, becoming a thing? Or rather, e-thoughts. They start getting their own gathering around them. And then they... and then. The e-thought or the attention whore will say, I don't like this version of the game. Let's go, let, let, let's change it. And all of her little entourage, their little groupies will start saying, oh yeah, no, I agree, let's change this. Meanwhile, the original players of the game and the people that actually enjoyed the original iteration of the game are saying, I don't, I don't want to change it. And it, it just starts tearing itself apart until the hobby no longer or no longer resembles what it actually looks like all of the original people that were involved with the hobby immediately start moving away to it because their hobby was destroyed this is exactly what has been happening in uh the realm of satanism and it has led me to consistent bullying of people i'm not going to do that in the magic the gathering or in the warhammer 40k communities but it's like like that shit happens like you can there are people that say like oh well you're just you're just gatekeeping the hobby like no no we watch this shit happen and it affects the thing that we spend our hard-earned money on it, it's like you have wizards of the coast that that can get ban happy about cards that they themselves made like like it's you know they will get they will get rid of artists They'll god get rid made of the humans god made the humans and then decided ah you know what i shouldn't i really shouldn't have done that i was kind of a mistake mm -hmm. and so was, <laughs> wizards make cards that yeah. like that. now i will say this there are going to be times where it's like this this part of the lore makes no sense it's kind of cringy let's get rid of it there are times where the where Games Workshop will say that, and they've they've done something about it. They'll they'll retcon things, but in order for them to unfortunately draw more people into the game, a lot of people hear about 40k because of the Space Marines. So what do they do? They try and make sure that the Space Marine players have all of this other stuff. They have to be the best because they have advertised them to be the best. And rather than saying, you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, but rather be, uh, rather be a master at none than be a master of one sort of saying. It's just, it doesn't, what I'm trying to say with this is 
because they're trying to chase after uh, the things that are the most popular in in the game, they tend to neglect a lot of different armies. The Astra Militarum, or rather the Imperial Guard, is going to be one of those biggest things. They haven't gotten a good update in a very long time. The last time they got an update, it was not well received, and they had to nerf a lot of things because they can't be better than Space Marines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and and like I I could have gone the simple route of like, oh, I'll just get I'll just get the uh, space marines or the ultramarines and and call it good. But no, like I I I listen to people saying that uh, you should be getting what looks cool to you mm-hmm. because you're gonna spend hours building the models. You're gonna spend hours painting them. And so I looked and I also waited. I waited quite a long time before I decided, okay, you know what? These orcs, it makes me think of Gwar. That's cool as shit. I want to play them. Yeah, and and that's the way that most people will buy their armies and will paint their armies, build their armies, whatever you want to call it. But it's just, I am not excited for the fact that the Magic the Gathering crowd will try and get in on this. Because the last time I've seen a ma- like I've seen any sort of card game community try to get into the modeling community, they'll get lost, they'll get angry, and then they'll drive more people away because you know they weren't good at this game too. Yeah. So, and you and I are not going to be the only only people that are going to have this kind of sentiment. So, here's what I would say. To, uh, to anybody who's watching the show or listening to it and is a Warhammer fan, when, when it comes to these kind of collaborations between two big companies, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get a brigade of, of new people that are, in, that are wanting to get into the hobby. I will not tell you to gatekeep. What I will tell you is that if you find yourself among a person that is newly getting newly wanting to look into Warhammer uh just because they they tried the magic the gathering cards just have an honest to god discussion with them and set the expectations for for what they need to uh, to remember when getting into this game in the first place mm-hmm. because very often you're going to get people that are overwhelmed by by Warhammer and and not know what they're doing and Maybe they might buy something that they shouldn't have, for instance. Yeah. Like if like, like we don't we don't mind the idea of of new people getting into this hobby. Yeah. I'm still somewhat of a newer person in it as well. Yeah. All we want is is if somebody really is interested in getting into this and they're really okay with putting forth the money and, and buying this crack. Like I've got all these fucking models right on the ottoman right there. Either way, like if if they're really interested in spending the money on on this kind of hobby, just be a straight bro to them, talk to them about what to expect when getting into the hobby. And and uh try to try to see if you can get them interested in the lore of of what you're talking about as well. Because that's actually what ultimately got me interested into the series overall. Yeah. It like I I I I've mentioned Brava Althabusa from time to time. 
but watching his videos seriously got me interested into um, knowing more about the lore and the world within Warhammer. Yeah. And it's, I will say this, get the models if they look cool. If you are seriously interested in getting it, get a little blister pack, get a little character, put them together, see how it looks, see how it paints, and all that sort of stuff. If it still interests you, buy an uh, buy, buy a box of uh, I don't know if you're playing Necrons, buy a box of Warriors, build them up, have fun with them. But most importantly, you have to answer this question: Am I willing to invest in this hobby? If you start having qualms about it, don't think any further. Go elsewhere. You can come back to it and say, all right, if I'm going to invest in this hobby, what do I need to keep going? What what it, What is giving me this urge to buy this stuff? Answer your, like, make sure that you have at least, I don't know, four or five different reasons to, like, get into the hobby. Don't just get into it because Magic the Gathering has cards for them. Please, for the love of God. Yeah. Yeah. And and look at the Space Marines the same way that I did. Like, I realized that, sure, I could use the Space Mar- the like original Space Marines and, uh, like, have that as a, as a pathway, as, like, a, the gateway army to learn how to play it. Mm-hmm. Or I looked at the Blood Angels and was like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. It makes me think of uh, one of my favorite death metal bands, Morbid Angel. I could like listen to a record from them and and like put together the miniatures. That sounds cool as shit and relaxing for a Saturday afternoon. Yes. I'm going to do it. Like and and then as soon as I had somebody tell me on my Facebook, "A fucking course you play Blood Angels." Like that's I was like, "Okay. I'm on the right track." Yes. Now, again, when it comes down to this sort of stuff, around the time that you start buying your own 40k miniatures, is around the time that you start thinking to yourself, like, what can I do with this sort of stuff? 40K, you buy a box of, I don't know, Immortals from the Necrons. You can play those immediately in a different game. Like, if you don't want to spend that much on 40K, buy a box of whatever it is, pick up Kill Team. Kill Team is a, is a lot lower of a model count, little bit of terrain that you have to put together, a little bit of rules that you have to learn. It's a completely different rule set from 40K, but it's a it's it's a skirmish-based game. 30 minutes per game at most. I've never had a game last longer than at least 45. But that's because I was playing with another guy that uh, that plays it competitively and both of us were trying to win. And it's just everyone has fun when it comes down to you know playing kill team you don't want to play kill team that's just fine you can play the the original 40k game at a thousand points it's going to cost you a little bit more there's going to be a lot more models on the field but at the same time hey you're having fun you're you're playing basically a skirmish based game uh if 40k stuff doesn't suit your fancy and you want the fantasy variety age of sigmar they have their own little skirmish based game war cry all you got to do is buy the pack of cards the rule book and have models on hand there you go same thing you just need terrain and you are good to go yep there's one more thing i want to warn people about warhammer 40k as well and that is because and that is the nature of the lore 
it is supposed to be as over the top as possible. It, it, okay, here's the thing: if you read into Lord, uh, if you if you read into any 40k book and a battle scene reminds you of a fucking metal album, you're in the right place. That is a correct combat scene for 40k. If you also read into the lore of, of 40k and you find yourself thinking, this feels very authoritarian. Yes, mm-hmm. it is supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be making fun of them of uh, the mark of uh, when Margaret Thatcher was in was in power over in the UK. They were making fun of her because of that. Yep. If something feels like oh, they're these guys are way too grim dark. Congratulations, welcome to 40k. Don't learn about the demu uh, demoncula blah. If it feels like uh, the song of ice and fire, and that there really isn't a good guy, welcome to 40k. Yeah. Just weeboo space communists that use mind control drugs in order to tell people that they that you know they're the good guys. Well, I I I mean I would think more like weeboo space fascists, but well, here's the thing: you can worship whatever you want as long as you know what the greater good is. Also, we are uh, we're gonna castrate you yeah. because you're a different race. Oh oh no, not because you're a different race, but because you were a rebel. We're gonna arrest yeah. you. And then we're gonna cut your dick off, so that way you can't you 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 can't populate the world with your traitorous genes. Now it's the same thing in 40k, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's the same thing in the Imperial Man. It's a different thing. They they don't use surgical. I no, they just get a knife and they just go choppy chop, snip snip. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different thing. Definitely. Um. All I'm asking is that when you start getting into 40k and you're coming in from the Magic the Gathering area, realize you've got not only the paywall but the lore wall to wor- uh to worry about. You trying to get if you try to get into a serious conversation with someone that is knowledgeable about the lore, uh and you decide that you want to pretend that you know what you're talking about and the 40k guy starts looking at you sideways, it's time to educate yourself. I've had 40k fans uh, chew me out for shit posting so hard that it made me blush. Yeah. Usually when I shit post and I get a reaction out of people, I feel great out of it. This one not so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just they know what the shit post looks like. They will 100% know what the shit post looks like. And depending on their mood, they will either bite into the shit post for fun or they will berate you until you die. <laughs> yeah. You will be remembered for your one remark. Yep. Yeah. Now then, if they bite into the shit post, they'll go hard in. They'll go hard in and they'll bring out their own shit posts. Those are bros. Those are the bros. Those that are in a bad mood and want to lay down the fucking rule book on your head. <laughs> you're going to have a bad time <laughs> because it will no longer be a, aha, I trolled you. It will go into, okay, I'm going to leave now. And you will not convince them that, that you were just fucking around. No, they will, they will berate you in different forums. <laughs> You'll be an example. You will be an example. <laughs> they will flay you alive no matter where you go. Yeah. But I got nothing else to say about it. I just, I, I really hope that the Magic the Gathering crowd realizes that 
you get in, you're in. And if you try and, you know, try and get into a serious topic and think that your opinions are facts. Uh, <laughs> don't ever, don't, don't ever try to turn it into something that it's not. Don't say that Erebus is the good guy. Don't ever say that Magnus was in the wrong. And whatever you do, don't shit on Vulcan. Please, whatever you do. I, you, you don't need to know what this means. You just need to know if you shit if you shit talk on Vulcan, you will be castrated. <laughs> you will actually be castrated by the angriest 40k fan in existence. Vulcan is a good boy. He deserves blankets, head pats, and cocoa. You don't need to know what any of that means. You just need to know not to touch him. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up then. Guys, thank you very much for listening in. I do want to thank the people that have uh, commented and actually have uh, checked out the stream as we did this. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we'll be back again next week. And uh, give us some comments about this and yeah. talk to us about the, the Warhammer 40K franchise. Like if you're a, a Magic the Gathering player as well and your experiences with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, again, uh, facebook.com slash arrogantmedia, twitch.tv slash Bros. And uh, patreon.com slash arrogantmedia. And until next time. Well, on the topic of Vulcan real fast. Now, he is something that is known as perpetual. They can't die no matter what they do. You burn them to a crisp, they'll they'll come back. You you throw a giant orc war boss into a wall machine, they'll, they'll come back as well. But when it comes down to Vulcan, he had the unfortunate circumstance of being respawned in orbit of a planet. And just close enough to where he will begin to fall down into orbit. So do you know what happened to him? <laughs> what happened to him? He burnt to a crisp, and then he took fall damage. That is actually what happened. Oh, my God. He had to go get his hammer from a giant labyrinth <laughs> filled with demons. Orax was like, ha, I took your hammer, and the only way you can get it back is by going through the entire fucking uh, labyrinth to go and find it, where you will die over and over again, and I will laugh at you. Then Vulcan just straight up said, brother, you forgot. I am also a hammer. <laughs> and he decided. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, ha, you have to go through the labyrinth, and the barbarians, like, me, hammer, and just start smashing through fucking walls. <laughs> exact same thing happened. <laughs>